everybody. Welcome back to the Jesse Nyberg podcast. Today I have on Kel Lauren, super talented designer and YouTuber. And I'm Hello. really excited to talk to them and I think it's going to be cool. And how are you doing? I'm doing all right. I'm doing all right. How are you doing? <laughs> Pretty good. What were you doing right now? You were on a, some errands or something? I, I've been out of face wash because I've been some been crusty um yeah, and i put off getting my face washed so i had to run to sephora and get my youth to the people face wash yeah i think <laughs> and with, i like had to do that because i was like i need to do it today so with quarantine um i'm just like you're supposed to shower like every other day right i feel like my total hygiene has just <laughs> been like terrible like i used to wake up every morning and shower you know and get ready for work but now that i work from home both like with my full-time job and freelance stuff it's like i want to i want that extra 30 minutes just to, to sleep or sit there i don't want to shower right in the morning yeah i'm definitely the same <laughs> it's been bad i used to be a lot better i used to like do my makeup every morning when i first started working from home and like i'd get dressed and then now it's like whatever i got you know yeah yeah whatever when, i'm comfortable when you in. record <laughs> videos do you um just wear what you were already doing or do you like get a specific outfit set out and everything? It's like the one time I get dressed, mm -hmm. like the one time I put on makeup. Um, and it's usually like, cause I film my videos over a few days. Otherwise right. it's too much to do in one sitting. So I'll film like four or five hours one day and then the next day I'll film a few more hours. And then the next day I'll do like an outro and, like sponsorship stuff because sometimes I'm like I can't even comprehend doing just like a simple outro and add stuff because yeah. I want to make sure it's like proper and you know so it takes a long time to do it so every single day I'll get dressed and then sometimes I'm like oh wait I wore that outfit two days yeah. ago so I can't wear that outfit again so I have to do right. a different outfit I have like five shirts I like wearing I've noticed that about myself too. <laughs> I've been making, uh, yeah. I'm relatively new to it and everything, but I've noticed um, if I record a, a week in, a week in a, a, a part or whatever, I'm just like, oh shit, I wore this shirt in the last one. Like someone's <laughs> going to think that I only wear this shirt every time, you know? And it's like all coincidence, but I think it's just with quarantine and everything, uh, I've noticed like I have all these cool clothes that I like that I haven't even been wearing because... I just want to wear the comfortable stuff, you know? Yeah. Like I have, I'm like a big sneaker person and like I have been like collecting, I'm especially like a fan of like Air Forces and I also really like Converse. So I have like mm -hmm. some cool pairs of Converse and um, some pretty cool pairs of Air Forces. And I bought like quite a few pairs, like probably too many. I, I think I bought like four or five pairs in like six months. Yeah. Um, at like the end of 2019 going into 2020 and i was like yes this is going to be my year like yeah. my sneaker into game a sneaker is going head. to be great <laughs> and then like they're just brand new still because i have not worn them yeah. at all which is like it's nice because it preserves them but like i also live in portland where yeah, how has that been very frequently that was going to be like one of my first things i wanted to ask you is do you like living out there and working out there compared to, um, cause I'm in, in LA and where were you at before? I was in Los Feliz in LA oh, okay. and 
um, before that I was in downtown LA for like five years. And then the last year in LA, I was in Los Feliz. Um, and so it was a big change from LA. Yeah, I bet. But we, like my partner and I, like have always loved the Pacific Northwest. And like, I love LA. I always will. It has a very soft spot, you yeah. know, in my heart. But I think I like the pace up here more. And the weather is great. I am not one to be a fan of being in the sun. Um, <laughs> and I really don't like the heat. <laughs> and yeah. a few of those heat waves in LA put me over the edge. Yeah. Um, and then we moved up here kind of like on an impulse and spent like the small savings we had on like our movers and stuff. Yeah. And I think deposits. it's weird. Like a lot of people I know, I think that they they imagine that they want to live in Portland and they think it's really cool. And it's usually like hit or miss. They either get there and they're like, yeah. it is how I thought it would be. Or they're like, damn, everything's like so slow and like boring or they're it's like not hipster enough or whatever, like the issue may be. <laughs> and they just have I definitely trouble. feel that like I can, the few people I've met, um, like I kind of like weirdly fallen into like this, like one circle of creatives in Portland. And it's been like, a tattoo artist I've seen a few times mm -hmm. and they're like this incredible artist um, and they're friends with the person who cuts my hair and oh, I was cool. like okay like so that, like I've kind of like figured out like this group of people that like I knew more so just like following their work online and then meeting them in person has been pretty cool yeah. and, and they were already like aware of you and stuff or did you just meet them no, as like I, a stranger as a stranger which is like yeah. kind of nice Cause it's, it's, it starts to get weird when like people like know who you are and like, Oh, I follow you online. And I'm like, Oh, mm -hmm. cringe. Yeah. It's weird <laughs> too. Cause <laughs> it's hard to tell, like, especially with like niches, um, you know, you have design or art or something very specific that people in that community are saying, you know, Kel is like this, like, you're like a, almost like an influencer of the design, you know, like community, but I, it would be hard to tell if like, just a random person would know you or not, you know? Have you exactly. experienced that? Like, I feel like sometimes, well, I feel like sometimes I'm like an imposter, like to like mm -hmm. the other parts of the design community that aren't online like I am. Mm -hmm. And I've like started to bridge that gap a little bit more. Like I've made some more connections with like agencies that I really admire. Yeah. Like the Hoodsbus sisters follow me and they love my work and they've like followed yeah, me for cool. years apparently. And I was like, okay, thank you. Because like, wow. Yeah. Um, and then another group that I've like kind of touched base with who I was familiar with when I worked at Live Nation when I still lived in LA is Fisk. Mm. I don't know if you've heard of them, but they're, they're an agency up here in Portland. And they are kind of like this, not that they came out of nowhere because they've been kind of like on this like slow boil with like very good work. Mm. and they came on my radar. Is it like branding like and stuff? Year and mostly? A half ago. Yeah, they do a lot of music branding, mm -hmm. and they did um, Alicia Keys' most recent album branding. Oh, one of my cats is here. <laughs> um, Special but guest. they did one of uh, Alicia Keys' album, and I was like, wow, this is really like cool, and I was looking into who did it. Sorry, I'm going to put him no, down. you're good. He'll stay. 
And I learned that it was Fisk and I started looking more into them and just incredible work coming out of them. And then like they follow me on Instagram now. I've talked to the founder a few times. And so I like, like touching base with like other really good creatives in the industry who aren't like YouTube people, I guess. Cause I like, that's what I want to be like hired for is I want to be hired because people like my work, not because they want my name which has like started to happen a little bit. So I've turned down some projects where I didn't feel that the interest was like genuine in my work mm-hmm. and more so just wanted the, the clout, clout or I whatever. Guess. Yeah. It, it's like ugh, cringe as that like sounds, but it's true though. It has I, happened. Yeah. I've noticed that too. Like um, <clears throat> it's weird to see these people that I look up to that I think are, you know, legends in the design community they like some of them have like 10,000 followers or something. And I'm just like, mm-hmm. how are, how is this? Or like their feed is just them and their family or something, you know? And it's weird to see yeah. how, like, if I feel like some people are such goats that they're just like, I don't even need this <clears throat> Instagram shit. Like I have all my clients on my website and like through my agency or whatever. Yeah. And I've noticed yeah. with doing the podcast, like when I talk to Draplin and I've been trying to, be in contact through DMs slowly with like John Contino and a couple other mm-hmm. people. And they're these people that I think are, you know, like legends I look up to. And since it's just design and they're not like, I don't know, a famous actor or something like that, it's so much more approachable. They're just like, sure, man, like shoot me a text or an email or whatever. I was so scared going into it, but everyone is like, even though they're like famous in this niche community, it seems like I thought they would be getting asked to do podcasts every day, but I guess that's not the case, you know? Yeah. There's a ton of like, like really like slept on designers that only like in very recent times I've seen start to get like noticed more for their work, which is like awesome because like there's so many designers that like I follow who have like two or 3000 followers and they're like, some of the best designers I've ever seen. Yeah, <laughs> and it's I'm crazy. like, I get, get that work, you know. What's crazy is the phenomenon of like people seeing something and it can be amazing and they're like, is it good though? Because they're following more people than they have or they only have 500 followers. Like it's like a weird psychology thing where you need that affirmation of like them having all this clout to be like, oh yeah, they really are good. Like mm-hmm. people look at it so weird online. Yeah, definitely. And I think something that I've started to notice um, more is kind of like, because I'm always looking for like other designers that I can refer work to if mm-hmm. something comes up for me that I can't take right? Um, or it might suit another designer better. Um, so I'm always like looking for those mm-hmm. people and I collect um, like every once in a while I'll post asking for portfolios. Like if you want to send me a portfolio. Mm-hmm. Um, so I can like kind of hold on to your information and if something comes up and it, yeah, I think it cool. fits like your style and stuff, I'll try to shoot work their way. And it's cool to see, like, that's not cool. I guess like I've started to notice a little bit more. Um, I feel like designers, when I, like I when I see a designer that I really end up liking, I see their work as like beautiful art like i can tell that they're just passionate about art and it really comes through in their work versus like i think a pitfall that like some designers get into is like kind of hyper focusing on like trends Mm -hmm. and just doing like whatever is like really popular right now on instagram or really popular on tiktok 
Yeah. Um, and just kind of like, which is like great if you're like a beginner, helps you like learn like technical stuff, like love that. But then like every so often I'll come across a designer who like, I can just feel their love for art in their design. And I think that's like what makes someone really stick out as a designer yeah. is that you can just tell they really love what they do. I just, I don't know. I, I can feel it sometimes and it makes me so happy when I see like that's small cool. accounts that like I can tell that they just love art. It's so, easy to fall then, like, into that trend trap too though, because um, not because you want to do that. Cause I've been a victim of like, not a victim. Same. I've been like uh, accused or whatever, <laughs> like self-accused of falling into trends. And it's not solely because I think, oh, this is what I want to do now. It's just that I realize, damn, you have to do this stuff sometimes to get like to perform on these apps. And yeah. it's a, kind of annoying because sometimes you put a lot of work into something and you know, it's not Instagram like type of content. So you're like, damn, well, uh, and then you can make like a 10 minute, like cool, like typography thing and everyone will love it on Instagram and share it. So it's kind of weird. It's like everyone wants the, um, like, especially non designers, they want the quick mm -hmm. to consume stuff, you know, that's very shareable and like, I don't know, relatable, I guess. Definitely. I think it happened, especially like on Instagram this past year with like, and there's like been the jokes that go around. There's like, there's people who design and then there's people who design for like Instagram. Hmm. Um, and it's like the little like infographic tiles. Oh yeah. I don't know if you've like How seen to commentary help, like, on Syria them. or something. And then it's like all these little yeah. facts and everything. And it's this weird like trend for like, I don't, I don't even know how to explain it, but it, it just, it blew up so much. Mm -hmm. Like just the little Instagram infographics this past year have been like, yes, they are very effective and like, I like had gone back and forth about like, if I wanted to make something like that, cause it's like, if I can draw attention to something, obviously that's important. Mm -hmm. But I think sometimes it's like, Exploitive, you know? cause I don't, I also. don't want it to seem like very serious issues that deserve you know, a lot of eyes, but like, I don't want people to just like be like, cute little like Instagram yeah. graphics, like making light of a very serious or issue. Or those weird illustrations where like everything's disproportionate and it's like, purple oh skin and stuff and it's like for tech companies it'll be like this did is you why you need to help video? this no what did was you see it that video? Uh, i can't remember who did it but there was it was like a parody of that basically um no there was a commentary video that showed up on youtube and it it blew up pretty quickly and then it like because i spend too much time on the hellhole that is tiktok um and then it like made its way to TikTok, but about like the corporate art style of these quirky, weird, yeah. disproportionate, like colorful, the big thighs figures. and everything, and like the little feet. Yeah, that are, like, they got out. little heads and they got like crazy hair. They're mm -hmm. like purple and pink and yeah. like it's like they um, try they to make it really so it's all the way like you can't tell what this isn't uh, representing anybody. You know, it's just like an, a mishmash of every culture and like yeah identity and or whatever because like i feel like a lot of companies did that because they're like oh well, we're not like other companies but then like i it's so hard to escape that same illustration style and it's obviously like not the designer's yeah. fault like i don't blame them at all but it's so weird like how so many companies which are so large um kind of like cling on to like that aesthetic that like younger people still gravitate yeah. towards and then all of these companies will kind of have this same 
style, kind of like how like a few years ago, like every beauty company did this full 180 to this one very specific, like Gen Z millennial look with like everyone was really into like sans serifs. Everything was like really bold, heavy type. Glossier. He's really stuff. like, yeah, it was kind of like started by Glossier and they had like all of like the lighting was and all the photography was like Sparkles this really high contrast lighting. They had that high gloss shine. Things were yeah. on pillars on these weird objects. They had like the little mesh. Uh, Those like velvet like, curtains in the background and everything. Yeah. Yeah. And it started with like a few companies and then every company started doing that exact same thing. And then they all started looking the same again. It's just this weird trend of like, mm-hmm. that kind of like ties back to how like when you can see something in a creative that they just are passionate about creating a quality, beautiful product that like their work kind of stands the test of time. Yeah. They don't have to like really rely on like what is trendy to get people to be interested in their product. Yeah. Cause it's That's almost like a, lin- like a linear growth, you know, um, they're mm-hmm. not there. The, the people that are following trends, they have these huge ups, but they may go down when it, um, when that like goes away, but the people will be just like slow and steady, you know, it's like the tortoise and the hare in the two design styles. Um, One thing I wanted to ask you is a little bit off off topic now, but um, I noticed looking through, um, I was kind of like putting my Nardwar hat on and kind of looking through some of your (laughs) old stuff. And I noticed you were, uh, your old YouTube and like design or Instagram socials and things, it was a lot more, I feel, a vlog, if you, if you could say, I guess, or like more of just, you were doing like crafts and like makeup and things. And did you already have a, um, decent like fan base or following at that point in that? And then you transitioned into the design or what inspired you to start doing the design YouTube videos and things? Um, well, so I started doing YouTube in November, 2016. So it was like okay. right around the election that Four I had years started ago? that. And I had just started. Or, yeah. Oh my God. Wait, more um, than that. So yeah. I don't know. <laughs> um, but I started doing it because I was working a new job in LA, a new design job. I had like recently graduated from uh, FITM and I had no friends because mm. like I like blew through school and I didn't really like, I didn't make like many friends in college. I didn't like really resonate with that's anyone. Not but like I've really never been a like, college, college either. That's like very focused, yeah. like art thing, you know? Very, very focused. Like you don't spend a lot of time with students. And it, it's just, it was a very, Fitum has a very weird culture. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I was like working full time and I was 20 and I had been working full time since June. So and that was at Live Nation I, or somewhere else? No, this was this. I worked at a beauty agency. So they did like branding and packaging for beauty products. Um, okay. So, like a lot of the brands. Oh, that so, are, like, you saw what we were talking about firsthand. You were mm-hmm. in, in the yeah. deep end. Definitely. And like I did like work for like Urban Decay. Um, my God, who are like your classic like big Sephora brands? Mac or um, something like that. Uh, not. I don't not even know. Mac. Honestly, I'm just trying to help you think I, of different. I know like names. four makeup brands. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I, that's how I like got my like start in the industry as I was an intern at a beauty agency. Mm. So they did 
creating and packaging for beauty products. And I learned yeah. like so much there. And I was an intern for them for like eight months before I graduated when I was like 19. And then when I graduated, they offered me a full-time job. <clears throat> and then I ended up leaving it for another job because like I liked it. I don't think I was ready for like the agency setting because yeah. it's like a very intense. It's um, tough. It's tough, especially for like really new people <laughs> yeah. who don't know the industry very well. I worked and... at an entertainment agency, which isn't necessarily like branding, but we did key art for like movie posters, like mm -hmm. big, like Paramount and all that yeah. stuff. And man, like that shit is toxic. Like it was super intimidating. Mm -hmm. They made us work till like midnight all the time. And they were just like, mm -hmm. it was like hella like old art directors just giving you that like that's the way it is boy like you got to stay till midnight you know and i'm just like why do you like this it's, and you couldn't even like yeah. get mad at them because they were there too it's not like they went home you know but it was weird like yeah. no work-life balance sorry that's though. definitely like a trend with like oh it's it's a like very common issue and i think a lot of young designers aren't aware of that and it's like something i try to tell people is that like be very weary of agencies because they can be very toxic. I've worked at more toxic agencies than I have worked at non-toxic mm -hmm. agencies. Um, and it's abuse across the board. Um, but so I, I worked at this other, I started designing phone cases. That was like my first, like okay. I was like a solo designer for this company and I had no friends. So I started doing YouTube and I thought maybe like I wasn't going to do design. Because like, A, why would you want to put yourself out there on the internet like that? Um, B, uh, yeah. I just wanted to like, I don't know. It was like still the time where like a vlogging was still like a pretty common thing on YouTube. It's fallen off a lot now. Yeah. But I just did like random videos, I guess. which so is how a lot of people get started on YouTube. My first video was my grocery haul because I used to be really into grocery shopping. Mm -hmm. I still like it, but like, yeah, it's not as fun anymore. <laughs> I used to be really into uh, grocery shopping. That's like a I pretty love funny thing grocery to say. Stores. <laughs> They're so fun. Yeah. Um, but so that was my first video. And then I did like some beauty stuff because I was like, oh, well, I kind of like makeup because I like never wore makeup like my whole life. And then when I got like into like college and then like after college, I started wearing makeup more because I was like working in an office. So I felt like I had to like not look like I was like 15. Um, <laughs> yeah. And so I started doing like makeup stuff, which was like not very great. Cause like, I'm not good at makeup. I've gotten better now, but like four or five years ago now. Um, and then I did like skateboarding videos because I used to skateboard. Um, and then I think yeah, a that few Ikea years ago, one that blew up. I saw the bag. Oh yeah. Thing. I used to do, a lot of like DIY bag stuff because I'm very crafty. Like mm -hmm. I love like making shit. It's just uh, like it scratches a part of my brain that like nothing else satisfies. Like I love yeah. like building things. Um, and I love just like reusing something in a cool way. Mm -hmm. And so I did it with like the Glossier bags because it was before they put the option to like, have you seen the Glossier bags? No. <laughs> really? It's not everyone's familiar with them. Uh, do i have one here oh i do have one here this is what they look like <laughs> oh okay um, so like it's like a cool so, like, every, pretty much yeah it's like bubble wrap 
And yeah. so they're great for like, so this holds like a hard drive. So there's like a lot of purposes that you can mm-hmm. reuse them for. But the downside is that you get a lot of them. If you order a lot of stuff from Glossier, and this was when I was still like affiliated with Glossier, I've since had a hard separation from them. Yeah. Um, but they were like good bags for like a lot of things, but I had so many of them. I had probably like 15 or 20 that I had just like accumulated over the years. So I tried to like use them for other other things. So I made like a fanny pack with them and the Ikea bag. That one was very difficult. Um, cause I had like, I have sewing experience cause I originally majored in fashion design before I changed my major to graphic design. Yeah. So I, I have like sewing classes under my belt and like pattern making and stuff. So like, I was relatively familiar and I grew up sewing too. So I started doing that. Those videos got some traction. Um, and then we decided, like, I think it was originally my partner's idea to post design videos, which was like, and what'd you start with? Was, was it one of those like rebranding ones or it was, I, I did like redesigning popular logos. Cause I didn't, I didn't have like any sort of like strategy. Yeah, I mean, those it. were like, those got like, everyone got does views. it now. So like, it's kind of hard. Like I wanted to do it, but I keep looking at how many there are and, and like, no one's going to beat your search ranking. So it's almost like your shit's up there in like well, the millions at this point. What bothered me, and it's just like a general issue, like in the design industry in general is like how white and male everything is and like my entire fitum class was like mostly men Mm. and there were only a few non-men in my whole major which and there was only like 40 was that in the fashion or the design the graphic design part that was graphic design graphic design is like very male dominated like especially at fitum that's where like all the men went i went to a public school so it was pretty like 50 50 in the college courses at least but in the actual workplace i've noticed it's been more men for sure yeah like i've noticed that like more like women will go into like branding Mm -hmm. and so when i worked at like the beauty agency there was like one guy at a team of like eight or nine people which was like cool because it was like it was beauty packaging so there's gonna be more like women in it i guess um and so when i started working in like other parts of design when i started designing phone cases there were a lot more men and then well, I eventually landed at Live Nation the, the rest of my team was all men except for my three bosses they were women um, which was like great because like all of my coworkers were men all of the designers were men and so it was like I always felt like kind of like I had like that support because like my my boss was not a man and so I yeah. felt like very safe in that environment when I had just worked for so many like extremely toxic men. Um, so I felt like I felt very validated to like, not no offense to men, but sometimes they scare me. <laughs> no, that's um, fair. So then I started doing the design videos. I think I had been working at live nation for like, let's say six months. Eight months. Yeah. Like <laughs> six, eight months. Yeah. Um, and that was just because like, I didn't make a lot of money when I was working at Live Nation. <laughs> yeah, I feel um, that. And so I was like, because I was getting like a couple hundred bucks every month from YouTube, 
which was like, you know, it paid like for bills. Like we were living in an apartment that we could not afford. Um, and so every month it was just like, we were just trying to make rent. And because we lived in downtown at the time. So we lived in a studio there and we paid $2,000 a month for a studio. For a studio. <laughs> for I have a, a two bedroom right now and I'm in Hollywood and it's 2100 Okay, that's not too bad for it's Hollywood. Because it's COVID prices. We got that shit yeah. in like March. <laughs> nice. Yeah. That's a good deal though. That's all for Hollywood, yeah. So yeah, we were paying about two grand for rent. I couldn't like, you know, it was just tough. I was making an entry level salary. I took a salary cut to go to Live Nation when I got the job offer because I really wanted the job. And I tried to negotiate for more and I didn't get it. Mm. Um, so I started doing YouTube. I was like, oh, maybe I could make like a little bit more just to like kind of diversify my income. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Build wealth. I, yeah. Just like so I can like, God, like not have my account be overdrawn every single month. Yeah. And, um, and you're not relying on Live Nation, you know, for mm -hmm. everything. And it was like fun too, because like when you work for other people, especially in design, like being kind of like told what to do all day every day does get a little old yeah. and so sometimes i wanted to just have like free reign on projects and just do like whatever i wanted because that's like kind of what you do in school it's like right. there's not really that much like there's no one like really telling you exactly what to do like other than like a general assignment but like you're yeah, not if anything, it's the opposite. Before. Like the professor will be like, I'm not going to tell you what to do because in the real world, the client's not going to know what they want and you have to figure it out or something like that. Yeah. It's always fun because like clients are like, I have no idea what I want. And then like sometimes like if you work at in any sort of like agency setting, it, the client doesn't know what they want, but your boss knows what the client wants. So then mm. you're kind of like, you know, going between the two. So that's where I ultimately started doing it because I wanted to like, you know, like maybe like meet more designers and stuff. Right. And also like in the YouTube space, because like I have always watched YouTube, like it's pretty much like the main form of content I consume. Mm -hmm. And I mostly like there's like some streamers I watch now, but um, they're more like political streamers, not like gaming streamers. But yeah. um, I like noticed that like there weren't really too many like big YouTubers who were putting out like regular content that like were not men. There's like a few smaller ones that are pretty for awesome. For design or in general, you mean? For design. Sorry. It wasn't clear. Um, and so I was like, okay, well it'd be cool because like I never had like too many people like I looked up to when I first started designing mm -hmm. and not really that many people are super willing to share information about design or yeah. there's a lot of gatekeeping and like i understand part of it because like obviously you want to be able to i'm sorry my cat is here again it's all good. Um, i don't want him to accidentally turn my screen off though he's done that before um but i i didn't see a lot of people online that i could relate to and um you know, like I watched, like, I've obviously watched like Zimmy Mayfield for years and stuff. And so when I started making content, I just wanted to make content for me. And if I could teach a few people, if I could help inspire some people to get into design, because I come from a family of like engineers. Oh, okay. And so like me going into art was pulling teeth 
from my parents because they did not want me to go to art school. Um, and I was originally like, I wanted to be a veterinarian and cause like I love animals and yeah. I'm like, okay at science. Um, and so that was like my original path. And then I decided to go into art kind of like my senior year of high school. So it was like a complete 180 from like everything that I had done like my whole life. Cause I was like, I'm going to be a vet. That's what I want to do. And then my art teacher was like, what the hell are you doing? <laughs> and he like sat me down and he was like, I think you're making a mistake. And then I was like, oh, great. <laughs> cool. Yeah. That <laughs> I is go tell my parents huh? I don't want to go to UC Davis. So, yeah. um, so then I like, you know, that's when I started getting into like design is that like, I wanted someone to look up to. So I wanted to, you know, I guess become that for other people and encourage people to go into design because like I was always an artist growing up, but it was no offense to my parents have not been the most supportive um, of like pursuing art. It's kind of like my mom would always like tease me about like the starving artist syndrome of like, you're just going to sell your work on the street and that's not desirable to my mother with a master's degree in science. Right. Um, <clears throat> so she's very supportive of me now. Once like I've, you know, I've made well, yeah, it. I hope so. I clear that I'm, I've yeah. got a grip on things now, but it took my parents a while. And was it accepted was right it, away from like the year, I guess, how did your, uh, how do I say this? When you were going to start doing design transition from that other content, were you trying to, were you trying to figure out like, did the existing subscribers care about that at all? Oh, that's what I was worried about. But like, I knew my audience was like kind of crafty anyway. Like, yeah. obviously like I attracted like some, some artistic audience and I didn't really have like too much of like a, like a base yet. And some of my longest like internet friends, the longest time internet friends are people I found at that time. And they're people I'm okay. friends with now. Like, like Julia, that's when I had found Julia. Mm. Um, and so when I made like that transition, I was scared because at the online space is already very terrifying, um, especially like to not men. Um, and so I was afraid that like, I was just going to get like pummeled. I'm sorry. Right. He really wants to. Um, but, you know, just cause like, you know, you know how. Yeah. The I mean, it's scary for are. me They're too. Even, yeah. I've only, especially so, when you're smaller, I haven't had a, they're, they, you can't hide them, you know. I'll see one, and I'm like, mm-hmm. it's the only one there right now. So, does yeah. it feel good? So, I thankfully like started to accumulate more people who were like interested in design, and I think a lot of people who aren't like directly involved with design don't really know what graphic designers do, mm-hmm. or like the so extent they just like seeing of how, how it works. Mm-hmm. And cool. they think like graphic designers just do like logos, right? When it's like they do so many things. So I think it helps to kind of show people how big the field is. And if you're creative, there's so many routes for you to like pursue. Like, you you know, like the illustration's always been a pretty big thing. But there's so many more opportunities now for like people to like actually like make a living off of it, which Mm -hmm. is like the biggest blessing and the biggest curse in the world. But (laughs) it's... There's so many more routes now and it's normalized a lot more of people pursuing art professionally 
and even without like going to school for it. And you, so that's kind of like what I wanted to show is that like, there's so many things that you can do with an art passion. Is Live Nation what made you, because you're talking about these different categories, like I know your niche for the most part is like merch design and, and branding kind of, they go side and side, but did you working at Live Nation kind of spawn the, your love like for that or did you want to work there because you already knew that that's what you wanted to do? I started making like t-shirts in high school mm-hmm. and it's funny cause it's like, I should have figured this out years ago, but it took me like, I didn't, I didn't want to be an artist full time. Like I just like pushed that out. Um, and so I was making like bootleg Beatles t-shirts okay. when I was like in middle school and into high school because yeah. like, I'm like a huge Beatles fan. And, um, and so I'd make them for like my friends out of like, iron on transfer paper and then i had a pirated copy of photoshop and so i only know how to use like the lasso tool <laughs> that was pretty much it <laughs> and so i would just like make these collages and then i would print them and then iron them onto t-shirts that's cool. and so that's how like what i did i just love like always loved merch like i was such an exciting part of a concert for me and so when I was like after college and before I started working at Live Nation. So that was like, like three years that I had worked for like, I worked for another phone case company and I was doing photography. I hated it. Cause like, I like photography, but not that much. Right. And uh, it was like content creation and stuff. And it's so stressful. Oh my God. Um, and then I was working at this other, like really shitty agency that like sent me over the edge with the astronomical level of abuse and um, just like really damaged my soul when it came to design. I started hating design um, because I had a boss who was really awful and she just really did some like damage on me personally and on like a personal level and on a professional level, like she really me yeah (laughs) and i didn't think a boss would ever actually do that to me um on top of really underpaying me but she like really like bullied me as like a co-worker um so i like started to think about leaving design as a whole because i was doing branding and i was like i'm not really too passionate about branding like it's fine but i was doing like branding for like restaurants so like veggie grill love veggie grill um (laughs) I was doing like a lot of like their in-store branding and stuff. So we do like menu signage, uh, store decals, like anything, anything like that little like signs, whatever. Right. Um, And then I was like, I'm not really too nuts about this. I'm not making good money. Um, And then like I applied to Live Nation because I was like always applying to jobs because I just wanted to get out of this one agency so bad. Yeah. (laughs) And so I applied. I applied like over the summer. So I'd been at this agency since like January of that year. Um, this is oh, okay. 2018. And I applied over the summer to Live Nation through their site. And it was just like a graphic design position. But I was like, well, it's in music. Like, I just want to be like in the music industry. Like so many designers want to be in the music industry. And then I didn't hear anything, whatever, um, until like, October and then they had called me 
or they'd emailed me and then like wanted to set up like a phone interview and they didn't say like what department it was because Live Nation is huge. Right. Like there's so many like touring companies under Live Nation and um, there's so many like creative departments. Is it by so the I had no idea. Is it over there? It, it, the, they used to be in um, like off Hollywood Boulevard and oh, like okay. La Brea. Okay. That's their old office. So if you were walking down like Hollywood Boulevard where like, uh, uh, I think it's, I think the Chinese theater is over there. Yeah. If I'm remembering properly, I but it's know. like gross, <laughs> like gross Hollywood Boulevard, like the stars, like yeah, super yeah. touristy, like Spider-Man costume, everything, all those people. Um, and then they moved to Beverly Hills to like the most beautiful office. Oh, is it I by Rodeo? <laughs> like uh, across yeah. from like the little park area? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That's what so, I was thinking of. It's a, a jaw dropping office. Um, and so then they moved over there, but I had worked at the Hollywood office for a long, a long time for the most majority of my career there. Yeah. So I had started doing like the interview process and I think only when I got to the second, uh, oh no, it was the first in-person interview. So I had like two phone interviews and then they did like a background check. And then I did the first in-person interview, which with the people who would end up becoming my bosses. Yeah. Um, and that's when I learned it was in merch. I had like no clue, like leading up to all of that, it would be in merch. And I got like so lucky <laughs> to get that position because my, my bosses saw, I don't know, something in me. Yeah. And it pretty much was like a dream come true because a, I'd be leaving this like really abusive uh, job situation I was in. And I like, as soon as I got the job offer, I walked into my old job and I was like, today is my last day. I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> um, That's cool though. It feels and, good. Oh my, uh, if I could relive that moment again, I would, because I was, I was so done, man. And you just really liked um, it ever since working at Live Nation yeah. pretty much. Yeah. The creative team there is like pretty much like the best creative team I could have ever asked for. That's cool. And they, so I had three other full-time designers that like worked with me and um, like I started as a junior designer and then I was promoted to just regular graphic designer. And then there were two senior designers okay. and between those three guys, like they as a team and like also like the other like managers I had like sculpted me as a designer. Like they were not that they were hard on me, but we had a really good relationship dynamic to where we felt very comfortable with being honest with one another and how to like not be a dick. And like, that's something yeah. that I've been critical of, of like other people giving unsolicited feedback and how you can give feedback without seeming like an asshole. Um, <laughs> yeah. And it, like they taught me like so much about what I know and like how to design a t-shirt. Cause it's hard to design like an effective garment. Like the design fits on the shirt it has to wear well um right. and also like what is going to sell really well for the artist are the artists happy with it um you know there's so many like factors in merchandise design that i don't think i would have been able to learn very well on my own um and working with these guys who had worked in merch for years yeah um they like taught me so much to where now i feel like after i was furloughed at the beginning of the pandemic um I felt confident enough to like start doing merch on my own. 
Yeah. And as much as it sucks to be under like pressure and, you know, there's always like those people above you that are going to make you do those extra revisions, even though you think everything's perfect. Like that stuff sucks in the moment, but then most of the time, unless they're just kind of like wrong and you're, and you just have to do it begrudgingly, you finish it and you're like, damn, I wouldn't have made myself do that, you know? So I'm glad that it looks even better at the end. What's been like the best thing? What was that? Sorry. Sorry. (laughs) Go ahead. It's, it's kind of like what happens when you work with uh, like people that you really respect and mm-hmm. that's the importance of like having people that you do respect as yeah. a creative around you, whether that's just like one person online or it's in person having like that one, one person that you truly respect, like as an artist and you trust their feedback, mm-hmm. like it can really, really make you a better designer is getting it just from the right people at the right time, not from random people on the yeah. internet out of the blue. That's not okay. But having that good personal relationship is really important. Um, What's been like, this is going to be like a classic question, but what's been like the best thing that you've worked on, like, or your favorite thing? I guess it doesn't have to be at Live Nation, but just in maybe in merch design, if that helps like narrow it down. Oh, man. I'm working on a project right now. I can't talk about but it's coming out soon. The Um, one you just released was like really cool and it seemed like everyone liked it too. The, oh, um, my merch with Curtis Connor. Yeah, I wasn't aware of that, of Curtis, but like that shit looks cool. Thank you. He is dope. I followed him since Vine and it like has like really good like comedy commentary It's videos. like online ceramics vibes. It kind of gives me too in a way with <laughs> like you. the lettering and stuff. That's an honor because I, I know those guys quite well from working at Live Nation because I worked with like John Mayer and Dead and Company mm-hmm. and stuff. Um but I would say like my favorite project, like my favorite t-shirt I've ever designed. Cause like uh, merch design, you are seeing the tip of the iceberg, the cream of the crop right? designs that get approved. It's like only the tiniest amount that gets approved. So there's like the whole bottom of the iceberg of like, I have this archive of designs. I have never seen the light of day. <laughs> I'll never see the light of day because yeah. of NDAs. Um, so I have a lot of wasted work that like I was really proud of and it never gets to be made, but it's fine. Um, but my favorite t-shirt that's been approved is probably my Wu-Tang shirt that I did because I was so stoked about that illustration. Yeah, that should start. Um, and then I think my Foo Fighters cover was very exciting because yeah. it was not tended i don't know how much i can talk about about it but it was it accidentally happened okay just kind of a long story short it fell into he wanted to use my art from merch i designed for him because fu fighters they have the merch made through live nation so him i was working dave Grohl. you mean him yeah okay I mean, yeah, that, first name basis just, with dave yeah <laughs> you know dave was texting me he wanted to use my work yeah that's yeah, cool. David, I was going to ask you about that. Like, uh, how does it feel? I guess I know um, you've had other work out, but like something on that scale, how does it feel to have the people sending you like all the pictures and like at the record stores and like Times Square and all that stuff? It's really weird because it like it was kind of a, a dream of mine. Like when I was in high school for my AP art class, my focus for the AP test was um, 
like design in the music industry. Mm-hmm. So it was um, like album covers, merchandise design, like marketing, like billboard design, yeah. all of that. And so that was my focus for the AP test. And I had designed, cause at the time I was like really into like Ed Sheeran and mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, I've done a full 180 since then. But like I was designing like concept album covers, like all the time. Right. And so then like seeing it now, because I've known about this since early last year. Wow. And I got the call that Dave wanted to use my art. That's so long and to wait. It was, oh, it was awful. Yeah. And I couldn't tell like anyone, like no one could know. Yeah. And it was just like, it's not uncommon. Like you normally, you can't talk about right. stuff anyway that works. But like I told my parents because they, no, they're not fans of like Foo Fighters, but like it's a flex, you know. I mean, they know who something. they are. Yeah. Yes, I could flex on my mom and just be like, "Please, like, Take approve that of my engineer. career." I'm working with Dave. Grohl. Yeah. So I was like pretty stoked about that, and I like had to just like, okay, and I just got to sit on this for a long time, yeah. and. I was paid very well for the album cover and it helped pay for like our moving costs and stuff. And, um, then like, I forgot about it for a while Mm -hmm. until they announced the album in like November or something. And then I was like, Oh shit. Like I gotta, I gotta like post about this. Yeah. Cause like they were doing like SNL and stuff. So cause now it's allowed or whatever. Yeah. So I was like, Oh, I haven't even like, made my mock-up for my yeah. post on Instagram. <laughs> and so that was pretty exciting. And then like seeing all of like the marketing roll out for like all the billboards and like people yeah. started sending me like, I know there was a few billboards in LA. So like uh, people from LA were like sending me pictures. Um, and then like all the ads online and people were seeing the albums like across the world and seeing them in store. And I got to see it in store the first time on the day it came out. Yeah. Because I hadn't seen anything. I knew the team that had done the rest of the album packaging. And so they like pretty much like followed the style I did very closely. So they did like a great job. And um, seeing it in person was very surreal. And my partner's like, because he's like my biggest fan. Um, (laughs) And so like he gets like frustrated when I like I don't tell people that like i did the album cover right. so like we're like in this vinyl shop and or i'm just like sitting He's there like, like yeah oh. they did He's it. like <laughs> <laughs> you gonna say something yeah <laughs> and it just like for me like it's very surreal and i'm like so like beyond like grateful for like everything that live nation has like brought to me like despite them furloughing me <laughs> I'll forgive them for the other benefits that they I have gained through right. like being employed with them, and I'm still like very close with everyone. Or we left it very amicably because you know I wanted to move to Portland, right? Anyway, so um, it's really still- cool though. I've had a I had a build some billboards go up recently. They're for my full time job, yeah. so it's more like it's just like product and like a type. But like even that, you know, like I, I want to get to where it's like something a little more, uh, I guess, completely self-produced or whatever. But it's pretty cool, you know, mm-hmm. like and it's pretty cool. Just I don't care about like that many like strangers or whatever, but it's cool when your friends that don't exactly know what you do. They're not really designers or like, yo, like 
I saw yeah. the thing on like uh, on like Gower or whatever, you know. So like I yeah. I can't imagine how since you have more of a a following and the it's the Foo Fighters like you must have been getting so many of those like story tags and DMs of everyone saying like I found it or look at this. Yeah, I mean it's still pretty exciting. Like I remember the first time I did like. I did like an in-store sign for a veggie girl and then I went into a veggie girl and I was like yeah, yeah. I made that yeah I made that sign that says order here and I, I was stoked about that like just like little little shit like that like it means a lot mm-hmm. as a designer especially because like not everything it, like ends up being like physically produced right. some things are just on so like you kind of think that it's like oh well it was just online stuff right you know not that it doesn't like mean a lot but seeing something like tangible in person you're like you just like feel validated yeah, just by cool. like, seeing a menu that you did you know yeah i really <laughs> like it. it it feels better when it's in person too and like mm-hmm. the work the threshold for how cool it has to be in person is a lot lower you know like you're saying you could be like yo i made that like now open sign or whatever like <laughs> yeah exactly yeah. um it's uh, still exciting to see it what was i gonna ask you oh um Speaking of like working with, you got, you got furloughed and stuff. Does COVID, has COVID changed up the way that you've been working at all? And like, has it changed maybe like the relationships with some of the clients and stuff? Or were you always just kind of digital anyway, like not in-person meetings or anything? Well, I'd say the biggest thing that kind of like shot anyone was Mm. the fact that the touring industry completely collapsed yeah like overnight right which is like in music a good chunk of revenue for artists and also for people like me Mm -hmm. um and like some like record labels did just fine because they don't rely on touring but a touring company like live nation they need to be running tours to stay afloat right um so that was like first big shock like because we were supposed to only work from home for like, you know, like everyone thought like two weeks. Yeah. And the people that like, were no. saying a year, I was like, I, I kind of believed it. I didn't want to. But then other people were like, no way, man. Two months. Like we're out of here or whatever. Two weeks. Yep. But we saw it happen. Yeah. Same. And I mean, like we're coming up right on like the year mark. Yeah. In the March, next few right. weeks. Yeah. Because my birthday's on Monday. So like last year we had gone to Palm Springs for the weekend just because like we lived in LA and like we love going to the desert we always go to Joshua yeah. Tree but we switched it up and I'm going in a couple of weeks to Palm Springs just nice. to like chill out <laughs> it's really great yeah. and have you been to Joshua Tree yeah for sure I actually talked about this with like Dewey my last guest we were just saying how like people in LA like love just going to Joshua Tree and like Palm Springs and shit and just chilling in like the weird desert <laughs> vibes you know it's like very common thing. it's because Everyone in LA is like fried beyond their wildest dreams that like people just need to go like stand in the yeah. desert. But they're all fried out there in a different way too, you know, so it's almost yeah, like exactly. a different vibe. It's fun though. Yeah. Palm Springs is great. So like we spent a weekend out there last year for my birthday and then like we like whipped it back to LA mm-hmm. on a Sunday afternoon to go to the Bernie Sanders rally in downtown. So it was like the best birthday. Like we were in the morning in Palm Springs and then in the afternoon we were like seeing Bernie Sanders. Nice. So it was like great day. And it was like the day that like Pete Buttigieg just dro- had dropped out of the race. And so we were like, 
and I'm like stoked. You're like, yeah, we're going to this Bernie Sanders rally. Like, yeah. oh yeah, coronavirus is a thing, whatever. And then like two weeks later, like everything just was like. Yeah. I was at Disneyland recently <laughs> before and I was like, oh God, I'm probably going to have it for sure. Cause I was there in like yeah. early March, but then I didn't, but it's just, and no well, one took it serious in the beginning. Yeah. Yeah. And like, you know, like we know now that like, obviously like it was here a lot sooner than we had originally thought, but like yeah. we had been at a giant indoor rally for Bernie Sanders where there were thousands yeah. of people inside <laughs> right. in early March and it's like that could have been very bad. Mm-hmm. It was just thousands and thousands of people just packed into the LA Convention Center in one of like the big rooms that they had there. But yeah, so overnight, you know, the touring industry kind of shit the bucket, shit, shit the bed. I don't yeah. know. <laughs> shit the bucket. Kicked to the bucket. Yeah. Um, and so, like, I kind of knew it, like, settled in a little bit later once. You know, I I didn't think we were going to go back into the office anytime mm. soon. And then when half the team was furloughed on a single Zoom call, um, Oof. it kind of stung That's... a little bit. Yeah. So, um, and then they kept telling us, oh, it's only going to be a few weeks. Um, that seems we'll so like um, such a funny sight, like everyone with their cool backgrounds and everything. And they're just like, yeah, so half of you got to log off. Yeah. And I was like, okay, you know what? Like I like, so there was like a big call where there were like, there's going to be a lot of furloughs. Yeah. Um, and I was like, oh, I'm part of the art team. They can't cut me. Yeah. And no, <laughs> wrong. And I was the first one to be cut and it stung a bit. And my boss was like really upset because it, it was like above her to make those decisions. And, mm. um, really hurt i cried i called my mom and i was like i just got furloughed my mom's like don't worry about it like you know just like you'll go on unemployment for a few weeks did she already whatever. believe like, in you now at this point she wasn't like see you're an artist yeah, I had, like an adult job now yeah. i had a big corporation i had a 401k oh. <laughs> um and i think like after like june july so i was like furloughed end of april okay um so like June, July started to like hit us more and like this Los Angeles summer really like set in again because it's like it was mm-hmm. my least favorite. It just gets it's hot. so hot and we didn't have AC and we, had, yeah, we lived in a really either. old house. It was gnarly. I do now. But... I don't think people realize so few places in LA have AC. And, and we had that dark, that dark brown carpet, you know, that's just like <sighs> traps in everything. God. So, yeah, like that, that summer hit us hard and um, we started like ramping up YouTube more. I picked up a few more freelance clients Mm -hmm. because like I didn't want to like, not that I didn't want to be on unemployment, but I was already like, I owe a lot of money in like back taxes because I've just worked so many jobs for so many years that like my taxes are just a mess. So I didn't want to like owe back taxes on unemployment too. Mm -hmm. And I wanted to like see if I could sustain myself through like freelance and YouTube. So for like a month, I was like, let's see what happens if like we can still, you know, keep ourselves afloat with just doing like freelance and YouTube stuff. Let's see, you know, if we can make it. And um, then we just decided uh, on a whim that we were like, well, let's just like look at apartments in Portland, just like for fun. Yeah. And 
Um, then we found one that we liked and they had a really good like move-in deal and stuff. So it's like we could save some of that money and not have like a gigantic deposit. Mm-hmm. And then we can pay for movers because like we have three cats yeah. moving from Los Angeles to Portland. That's a two-day drive minimum. Yeah, they don't like and the car. I've noticed at least the, the car. car cat. So at long drive, we have an entire apartment filled with stuff. And we were coming up on our lease being over. So we just kind of like, okay, we'll just pay movers. We packed everything. Movers came, took everything. Um, Sounds like it's been pretty drew. good though. I mean, it it's it sucks that what's going on, but it's kind of cool that it forced you to try that out and you've been able to sustain it. And that's, I think as a designer, yeah. like a lot of creative positions, that's like everyone's. Maybe not everyone, but I, that's like a goal for me where I don't have to have a proper boss, you know, and I just have my diversified income or whatever. And I'm just working from home. I feel like that's cool. Yeah, it was a good like trial run. And I'm not that I'm like an impulsive person, but like I kind of, you know, don't really think things through very hard. And it allows mm-hmm. me to kind of like um, give things a bit of a try and I'm not too worried about like the long-term impact. So I was like, okay, we'll just, we'll just give this a try. Okay. We'll just move to Portland and see how it goes. And, you know, I've already like been at rock bottom before. So it's like, I already know what it's like. Yeah. (laughs) You know, so that's how I I feel like I'm thinking about, I want to make the switch eventually. And I'm thinking like, but I'm going to wait, make way less money in the beginning. And then I think, Oh yeah, I never had money till like last year, so I'll be fine. Yeah. I'm a pro at being poor, so it's it's all good. So it's like if you can kind of handle it from there, you know. Like my goal every month was like I just need to pay rent, mm-hmm. you know, like just so I don't lose my apartment. Right. Um, just need to make and you know, like take care of the cats. That was like my mm-hmm. my biggest goal was like food and litter for the cats, and then rent, One and then thing- anything else on. Yeah, it's all extra. Um, one thing I wanted to ask you about that kind of made me reminded me is you're talking about the Bernie Sanders rally and stuff. And I've seen that like that's not like extreme, but I've seen you be um vocal about a lot a lot of like issues and like being leaning to that way. And have you have you experienced any like how do I put this? Maybe like backlash or anything from not only your fans or from like clients, like, yo, you can't be saying that online when when we're working on this or whatever. Do you ever see that or not really? Um, I mean, it's been floated to me before by some people I worked with at Live Nation who were mm-hmm. like, you don't need to be so mean to people online. And I'm like, these are Nazis. Yeah. I'm going to be mean to them, actually. Yeah. Um, it hasn't really like been an issue. And I think like from like fans in my audience, like I've had a lot of disagreements with people who follow me and have been like, Oh, I'm so upset that you would say this. Um, yeah. And they're like, I can't believe you believe these things. And I'm like, you should, you should know by now if you had, you know, been following me as long as you said you have. Um, so I try to be more open about like personal, like political beliefs and, I try to inform and educate people about like what it means to be an anarchist because God damn it. It's like the most misunderstood ideology. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, um, and it's, it influences my art a lot. Like some right. of the other projects that I work on, 
is definitely more like, like politically grandpa, motivated. grandpa stuff. Yeah. What What was that like? Uh, what made you get that name, and what made you start that up? Um, I mean, I've always liked the name, like the like word grandpa, because like I think of myself as a very old person, mm-hmm. and um, <laughs> and so I kind of wanted to make this. It had been in the works for like years. Yeah. And I had gone like back about like actually like doing anything with it because I was always so busy. Right. And I never had any time to do anything ever, especially with like doing YouTube on top of a full time job. And I was also doing freelance on top of YouTube on top of a full time job. So mm-hmm. I was like burnt. And so when I finally had some time after I was furloughed, I was able to like make art just for fun. Yeah. And, um, so that's like where like the poster behind me, like my buddy and I, we that's just how I made found out about you. I think it was that one. Oh, really? Yeah, because I, yeah, I didn't. Yeah, I got a lot of backlash for this one. <laughs> <laughs> I liked it. It was cool because I was um, I made like a poster, a BLM type poster, and I someone said, "Yo, have you seen this?" And then I saw you had like all the different spray painting, like kind of like gradients and stuff. And then I I was unaware of like all the, even all the YouTube stuff. So I and then I saw your links. I was like, oh shit, like. This person has all this stuff. I just thought they made this super cool poster (laughs) and it blew up or whatever. Yeah. I mean, it was a, it was a cool project because, um, it was a, my coworker from live nation who had also been furloughed with me and we carpooled together. So I had to like chat his ear off every single day about like politics. Mm -hmm. And he was like, I don't care. And I'm like, you're going to care actually. Um, and like so we you know i kind of like got him more into like political stuff and then like when everything last june happened he got like a really big fight with like his family because he has cops in his family Uh, and so he was like because i had done this design just to post on instagram uh because i've always been for like police abolition and stuff and so i was like well this you know like let's talk about this some more let's talk more seriously about abolition and so then my buddy had hit me up um, and he's like, Hey, do you want to, um, like I'll help you make these into posters and either we can like give them out like at protests and stuff. Um, or we could like sell them as a fundraiser. And I was like, hell yeah, I'm not doing anything else right now. Yeah. <laughs> so he helped me like, cause he has a lot of uh, experience in screen printing right. and I had never really done screen printing before, despite working in merch, I had right. never actually, like, done it. And so he got um a screen burned we like revised the art a little bit um just to like fit this format better because mm-hmm. we had he had like reams of this paper and paper can get really expensive right um so we tried to keep like all the costs as low as possible because we were going to be donating everything and so then we just got like cans of spray paint and he was like we'll just you know do a few like we spent like one night just spray painting papers yeah and um, and then the next day we had screen printed all, I think in total there were 75 and I think we had sold 65. Nice. Um, and the other ones were either like mess ups or we just like gave them away to like family members and friends right. and stuff. Yeah. And then we, we raised, I think like $2,100. And so we good split for it. With- like just a little spray paint poster and selling them in like a week or whatever it is. They sold out in like 20 minutes and what? I had like to build, yeah. I built the whole site. I had never done like an e-commerce site before. Yeah. So I had to 
like build all of that. I had to figure out shipping. I had to open a UPS box. Yeah. Uh, Was that sponsored so I, by Squarespace? That uh, no. Grandpa. <laughs> Surprisingly, no. It would have been a great opportunity, but it was like it happened so quickly because we wanted to be able to like raise as much money as possible mm-hmm. uh, because you know how trends go. People stop caring about something as soon as it's not Definitely. all over Instagram. Yeah. And so I was like, I want to be able to raise, you know, the maximum we can and sell as many as we can so we can donate. We split it between the bail project and um, the Marsha P. Johnson Institute. Mm-hmm. So, um, which was like, giving like a donation of that size was like so you know meant a lot like to me yeah. um, because like I don't have a lot of money I really didn't have a lot of money at the time because I was unemployed mm-hmm. <laughs> but I wanted to be able to like you know donate my labor and my friend donated just his labor and his knowledge to help bring mm-hmm. these posters to life and then use my platform to you know bring attention to these issues and also be able to use my platform to raise money yeah. And I know not everyone agrees with um, doing even something like that because I don't ever want to like commodify like political art for like social media clout or like just to make money. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's, it's a very fine line you have to walk because um, I don't ever want to like hurt people through my art. Um, and I just yeah. want to be able to use the platform I have to, you know, raise money. Yeah. Or like such an important cause. Do you have anything else um, that you're planning on doing with the grandpa, grandpa currently? Is it grandpa, grandpa, right? Or is it just one grandpa? Um, it's, uh, I, I Honestly, it's grandpa, grandpa. Well, it's technically just grandpa, but uh, my URL is grandpa, grandpa because oh, I couldn't okay. get just That's grandpa. what it is. And I was like, that's fine. You know, whatever. It doesn't need to be anything super formal. Um, and it'll probably change. Once I like sit down and have more time to like dedicate to it. And it's something that I'm working on like this quarter. Yeah. Um, but I want, I want it to be like a clothing brand, like per se, like I, I want to be able to create like your standard clothing items, like t-shirts, hoodies, crewnecks. And I've been working for like the past, like at least six months about, um, sourcing like garments Okay. because I want there to be high quality shit, high quality shit. And I want to avoid Los Angeles apparel because Los Angeles apparel. I've been seeing the ads a lot. Yeah. They have incredible garments. They're made in LA and um they're just really nice like online ceramics uses their hoodies they're on trend too with all the over dyed shit and stuff and like Mm -hmm. um faded whatnot they do like custom dyes they do cut and sew and they have a lot of really high quality garments they're really nice but um dov Cherney, the owner is like a piece of shit (laughs) Mm. and a predator and um really he had a really bad COVID outbreak in his factory and he didn't shut the factory down. Um, so there's a lot of conflicts there with LA apparel. You got any other leads then and maybe like a Oregon place or something? Um, 
Not in Oregon, but the other brand that I will likely be using is called Everybody World. Okay. And I found them at Complex Con a few years ago. Um, and they're similar to LA Apparel, but I don't know of any no, like no predators. I don't I don't think there are any predators working for the company, at least not that I, I know of. Um mm. and they have also very high quality garments. I have a few of their blanks and they're just like oh, yeah. this isn't one, this is basket case, but um they have really quality garments and they do all nice. like custom dyes. They are on the pricier side, but I want things to, because I believe more in slow fashion of, you know, buying something and then like using it till the end of time. And I'd rather pay like more money for something up front if it's going to last uh, me a long time and it like is really well designed. Hmm. So that's the route I'm going with that. And I also want to do more posters because I love designing posters. Um, and like I did, I don't know if you saw my Eat the Rich poster. Um, was that the? No, I, I'm thinking of the one that the digital one that you talk about often. I have it oh, that of me. one, yeah, that oh. one's dope. Thank you. That's that uh, one was before the uh, BLM one, right? Yeah, I had posted about it. I like made it. It took me like a week to make. I worked on it for hours every single yeah. day because there's like details in it and then i decided to make it because so many people ended up really liking it um so i was like okay i'll, I'll make it <laughs> yeah um, and i'm really glad i did and like the people who so it's screen printed too and the people who like separated the colors for it, they were like this is the hardest file we've ever had to separate and i was like thank you yeah it's, just, it's there's so many tiny details that when you have to separate colors out to screen print it's a nightmare right. The screen um, printing is so much cooler too. Like I, I have a little bit of knowledge because I used to have like a clothing brand in high school that was like super angsty and yeah. I just printed like weird like political images and shit. But um, it, I know a little bit about it, but when it comes to like high quality printing, it, it's like people actually got to know their shit in it, but it looks so much better yeah. in the end than like any type of digital or like just whatever CMYK yes. printing. The DTG direct garment printing, the cursed like YouTube merch trend, yeah. where it's like, it looks like iron on paper. Right. I can't stand it. It's when you, especially when like people do, because I've had clients in the past where they're like, oh, we're just going to use like Printful. And I'm like, but you're planning what? on selling like 800 to 1,000 t shirts. Just get it screen printed. Right. You're going to have like a higher quality anyway and that's the thing that people don't realize about like direct garment printing is that it doesn't um, last very long and there's no it like doesn't... quality control either i mean there mm -hmm. is and there but it's uh, you're you're like a slave to their quality control you know yeah and i think a lot of people use it for like the fulfillment because like that's a huge pain in the ass as someone yeah. who's fulfilled orders it's a lot of work um yeah but there's like so many companies now that will do all of the fulfillment for you. Like if you're like a serious YouTuber or a band or something, there's so many companies that you can just hire to do all of that. And you get something screen printed. So it's just a higher quality garment because mm -hmm. you can only wash a DTG shirt so many times. Yeah. And that's the smaller part. Yeah. The <laughs> like cool the thing about screen print, print is like it falls apart and it just like starts to look cooler, you know? It's cooler. It's I have great. this old ass like save the post office shirt that I found at like a Goodwill and 
I don't even know how old this is. It's not like from the recent push to save the post office. It's from like the 2004 one or something like that. And uh, sometimes I find stuff. It's so like nice finding things like that are uh, used and shit was just like a lot of shit's just so much better. Like some shirts I buy nowadays and from their new buy them online and I'm just so disappointed with like how it feels and looks. Everything's so small. Nothing's like oversized anymore for some reason. So it's like I buy like XL even though I'm like not that big just because everything turns into like a medium right after you wash it, you know? Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Like I'm I'm very passionate about like high quality t-shirts and that's how I started like being in merch. Like I've seen felt worn a lot of yeah, t-shirts. I bet. And my least favorite ones are like the Bella Canvas t-shirts. They have mm. like seams on the yeah. side. Um and they're really long, narrow, thin shirts and the collar like banding is like really stretchy. Yeah, I hate that. And you get the bacon neck like real bad from that. Or they have like, they're just like really wide necks. Yeah. And I'm like, it's like this or some shit. (laughs) Yeah. Like, I I don't know. Um, So it's something that like I I push with a lot of my clients. Like, I'll take unpopular opinion. I like the Gildan heavyweight t shirts. I mean, I think they're they're something about Gildan heavyweight. It's almost on this weird. They're the uh, worst good shirts or like the worst uh, best shirts, however you want to say it. Like they're right on the cusp yeah. of like quality. I I think that like people see like Gildan as like, oh, it's just like it's Gildan because like they have like a lot of like shitty other products. Yeah. Um, but like I would prefer a Gildan t-shirt because they're they fit more regularly mm-hmm. versus like, I mean, like independent apparel, uh, royal apparel. And Bella Canvas. I like the Hanes, like beefy tees for like a classic Mm -hmm. one. Those ones are pretty good. Yeah, those are those are decent. And I think that like size wise, they're more consistent. And Mm -hmm. um, I think they wear better over time. I think they hold ink better. Yeah, for sure. So I I I see a lot of Gildan slander, (laughs) and I think that they're really nice. Well, maybe you're gonna have. That's exciting. Maybe you're gonna have to release the Grandpa Grandpa. Uh, Gildan collab and just show yeah. everyone what's up. I would, I would love to, but I can't, can't get on board fully with Gildan. Yeah. But uh, oh yeah, it's just I, that's something that like is in the the works with Grandpa, and I just I care a lot about like high quality um, garments that you can wear for a long time. Mm-hmm. And also, my goal for Grandpa is I don't want it to be like for profit organization and not necessarily like a nonprofit, but it's not something I'm seeking to make money it's, off of. Yeah, it. it's more for like the art and making cool shit. So I'm gonna like like do literally like my very best to keep everything like as affordable as possible while like just covering costs essentially. Right. And um I definitely want to do like fundraiser opportunities for like posters and stuff. Um, to just like donate locally here in Portland or just nationwide organizations to just keep that going because it's something that's still really important to me. Yeah. And I have a platform and people will buy my stuff. Yeah. So it's exciting. I'm looking, looking forward to that. And, um, one, the last thing I wanted to ask you is about, uh, I try to ask everyone this, um, 
who are some of your biggest inspirations currently or anyone you want to give like a little shout out to that people can check out and I'll drop it in the description. And if I'm putting you on the spot, you know, you can send it to me as an afterthought or whatever, but. Um, Let me think of some, I have quite a few like designers that like I've always looked to. Yeah. uh, That I've always just like had a lot of respect for. Um, I think one of my like top and he's a mutual of mine and kind of like one of those designers who's like, he's not big on Instagram, but man makes good work. Yeah. Um, his name is Jesse Feynman. Okay. And he did, um, he's done merch for like quite a few, like, I don't even know how to describe them. Like alternative punk bands and he's in i think like virginia or something okay um but i found him through a band i follow choir boy and he did their album art okay and so like some like indie like like the garden or some shit like that like yeah, that kind of stuff definitely yeah in that line he's really dope um incredible designer uh he's great i think for crystal zapata which is like a fan fave but they're yeah. really dope um Leah Maldonado. Yeah. Their type the designer. Girlfriend <laughs> goat. Yeah. And they work for Fisk now. And I found them like when they were just like doing like general type design. Yeah. Super like, cool. I love the layout of the page too with the crazy like smiles and like caricature version of yeah. like the head and stuff. Like they're, they're so talented and I'm really excited to see like more work mm-hmm. from them totally um let me think of a let me see who else i've been looking at recently so i have i have, like my entire instagram feed is like it's hard totally. to on the spot i know and i've had i've had this conversation with other people it's like once you get asked that question you're like i don't you don't i was like i don't even know people by usernames yeah. you're just looking for the picture or something literally like um you can message me it too and i can throw it in if if, if it's someone that you think it's like significant like that it's no worries yeah i mean i might have to um i mean like another classic because they're um i love a lot of like their fonts and it's a lot of the stuff that they do is really cool and they really kind of like shaped a lot of type design is uh james edmondson from uno type mm-hmm We've connected a few times. He's really dope. He just had a baby, actually. Um, he's really cool and like an amazing type designer. Um, nice. Just cool, cool dude all around, and like influenced me a lot when it comes to like type design. Let's see if there's anyone else. And also, of course, my dear friend Julia Fletcher, mm-hmm. like one of my my longest internet friends, and we've never yeah. met but we've been like internet friends for like four years. Yeah. Check out that episode too. Anyone, if they want to watch that, I was number, I think four, but she's really cool too. Yeah. She's. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. I'm excited to see you more work. It was great talking to you. And, um, let's see everywhere you're at is Kel Lauren, right? Check you out on Instagram, YouTube. Lauren on Instagram and then spelt out kill.lauren. If you want to follow me on Twitter for hot takes. <laughs> um, and also my website is different now. I have a new website URL. It was kellylaurendesign.com. 
um, but that's inconsistent with the rest of my branding. So it's uh, Kel Lauren dot design. Okay, now. cool. Got a dot. Yeah, that's how mine is. It felt. It feels good. It looks it's, cool. Ooh, like cool now. I yeah. Something other than com. Um, I like surprised myself by doing an entire rebrand the other night, and I did it all in one night. Yeah. Which goes to prove my theory is that Squarespace is actually very easy to use if you know how to use it. Right. So I built the entire site in like six hours and redid like a ton of my mockups and did a new logo for myself. So dope. Well, go check know. it out. Go check out the new website uh, down yeah, in down dope. in Squarespace. And uh, thank you, everybody. Remember to like, comment, subscribe, rate if you're on iTunes, all that, all the buttons, like them and everything. And we'll see you next time. Goodbye. Thanks, guys.